hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Break the Cycle. With me, your host, Joshua Smith. Hope everyone is having a wonderful Sunday evening. Uh, I know football is getting ready to start coming. Oh, I guess football is just starting now. Now that I live in the middle of the country, I forget the time zone thing. Uh, I know that you guys are just getting the, the the Sunday night game on the West Coast now. So, uh, But I hope you guys have had a great weekend or and are uh, getting ready for a good week. Uh, i got an awesome show for you guys, and I'm very excited for this one. Uh, let's start off with sponsors. Of course, we have TopLobster.com, the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend and partner on Break the Cycle, where you can get this great Epstein Didn't Kill Himself hoodie that you see me wearing tonight by using BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. Or you can join the Patreon, subscribe star, or become a member of the YouTube channel under all my videos. Get yourself into a private Discord server where you can get all of uh, Top Lops's new gear up to uh, two weeks before it goes to the general public at like a 30% discount. Really, really is awesome stuff. Uh, definitely some cool perks there too if you sign up on the Patreon. And, and uh, of course, you know, if you do a lot of the live shows, uh, joining on YouTube gets you into the exclusive members only streams after the show. Um, plus, you get all the cool hand drawn uh, uh, emojis that Top Lobster puts out for the live chats. And you guys will be the only kings and queens with those things. And of course, executive producers of the show, anthemplanning.com for all your emergency and crisis planning needs. Check them out today. See what they can do for your business, home, or personal life. They're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at much cheaper and much more efficiently. Seriously, if you own a business or you're thinking about owning a business or you have uh, friends that own a business or family members that own a business, check them out. It's free. It's free to check it out. You know what I mean? Can't hurt to see what they can do for you. So check them out. I promise you, uh, you're going to enjoy them. I have some other view- some other listeners and viewers that are working with them now, uh, and they're doing a great job, man. Seriously. So go check them out. Uh, guys, as you know, I was removed from Twitter last week. Uh, thankfully, I'm uh, two steps ahead of Jack Dorsey and uh, started a backup account seven months ago. You can find that at, at BreakJoshua. Uh, if you want to follow me on my new account, uh, but yeah, five years of Twitter, uh, involvement down the drain, 20,000 followers gone, uh, pretty sad. I think I'm at like 3,200 now or something on the new account. So, uh, thankfully I got some great friends out there who were looking out for me and helped me kind of build up a platform on my, my backup Twitter. Um, so you guys can go over there and check me out. Uh, what's up faith, liberty and praxis. How you doing? Uh, thanks for calling me King. I always enjoy that. Uh, guys, we got a great show for you tonight. Uh, I was just on his show recently, uh, Year Zero. He's uh, he's uh, part of the Libertarian Institute as a writer, and of course, his podcast's on there. He is Mr. Tommy Sandwich. Sure, how are you doing? What's going on, dude? What's up, man? How you been? I've been, man. It's it's gotten crazy since the last time I talked to you. Yeah, dude. I bet. I bet. But you know, <laughs> what, what are you gonna, what are you gonna do? You know, it's uh, yeah, it's wild, man. It's wild. Uh, it's wild outside of the liberty, the liberty uh, uh, echo chamber, and it's also it's wild inside the liberty echo chamber too, man. It's been it's been one hell of a ride for sure. But uh, let's talk about you first, man. I want to know your journey. I don't, I, I you know, I listened to you, I checked you out. Uh, I we've been talking on Twitter for quite some time. I've been on your show. It was great. I had a lot of fun on your show. It was really kick back and chill. But uh, I want to know more about the man. So uh, what what brought you to these great ideas of liberty, brother? Well, I think it started with. Um... Oh, sorry. Um, I kicked you out. There. There you that's all right. I uh, think it, I think it started with 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 my divorce. Uh, honestly, uh, you know, the, the, one of the things I say is the fastest way to radicalize a father is to put him through family courts. Oh, dude, no doubt. And, um, <laughs> there, there was a moment. I was probably like twenty three years old, twenty two years old. I just gotten out of the military, and um, I. It was during it was during the recession when Bush first uh, took office. So 
it was officially called the Clinton recession there in like 2003. And, um, I, I, I couldn't find a job. I'd been looking for a job for like eight months. I couldn't find a job. And I'm sitting there in the, the DA's office with my ex-wife sitting across from me. And the DA looks at her and asks like, okay, he hasn't been paying child, child support for the last eight months. Do you want to put him in jail or not? And I was like, why, why the hell does she have the, the the power to choose this. She doesn't like me. Apparently we're divorced now, you know? And, uh, fortunately for me, I had been, I had, I had been paying child support for probably about five months at that time because they're so behind on everything. And so she was like, no, he's been paying and you know, he's, he's working on getting caught up. So, you know, let it be. So I didn't go to jail over it, but yeah, it, it was, it was kind of there that, I realized like, oh, these people aren't my friends. Yeah, you know, like right. it, it doesn't matter. And from there I, I discovered I discovered Glenn Beck. I would I was never really political, but I, I discovered Glenn Beck at that point and started listening to his radio show because I was driving a truck at the time. So I I could listen to a lot of talk radio. Right. So Michael Berry, Glenn Beck, and you know, these these kinds types of people, Joe, Joe Pagliana or however you say his name there in Houston, uh, a local Houston show. So I was, I was listening to them and uh, started watching Glenn Beck on Fox news. And so I, I think the first time I ever heard the term libertarian was from Glenn Beck. And I was just like, okay, I guess that's what I am. Sure. And then, then you had the, the entire Ron Paul thing happen and uh, Glenn Beck was bad mouthing Ron Paul. So, uh, well, I'm I'm a Beckian libertarian. So, yeah, screw this guy. So I never really, I didn't really get involved in the Ron Paul movement. I, I it was it was always kind of a peripheral like kind of thing for me. I was I was more interested in, I was more focused on raising my kids, making the money I had to make to pay my child support. And, and those things. So the politics was all peripheral for me. It wasn't really in my right there at the forefront of my mind. Sure. And when 2015 rolled around, I was supporting Ted Cruz. And I got, I got a tweet from a guy named Austin Peterson. Oh, somebody, yeah. I'm sure somebody's heard of the guy. Yeah. A few of us. Apparently he was running for president yeah. and he told me about it. And I was like, and he's like, can I call you? And I was like, yeah, you can call me. Here's my number. So he called me and we spent like an hour on the phone and he turned me on to Tom Woods and things like that. Sure. And so I started like looking into that and I was like, wait a second, this libertarian thing, this is a lot, a lot more detailed than I thought it was. So I just, like I said, I'm a truck driver. I spent 10, 11 hours a day listening to audiobooks and listening to podcasts. And now I, now I'm some kind of weird, you know, conglomerate of an agorist and market anarchist, and whatever. Like, <laughs> sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. I get, I get it, dude. I, you know, and it's, it's funny. Cause you know, I work with the libertarian party. You know that everybody watching yeah. my show knows that anybody who follows me on Twitter knows that I sit on the libertarian national committee, but I'm so utterly fucking black pilled on, on the national committee right now. 
Uh, it's just an absolute mess, dude. It's been, you know, it's been such a fight for me for fo- over four years, five years now. Right. <clears throat> you know, I, I traveled to 40 states. I really worked with the Mises Caucus heavily. Uh, you know, I when when I got with the Mises Caucus, there was like 55 people in a Facebook group. And then and then uh, I just I worked my ass off to help grow the Mises Caucus. And it like. You know, the party, the party has changed, but it's still like the, it's like that, you know, when you get to the final boss, you know, on a video game and it's, <laughs> and it's like, it's like, now we got to deal with this LNC still like it. And it's like the rest of the party's changing and the LNC is not changing. And it's just, it's so blackpilling to me. Who's, you know, been four years almost on the committee now, uh, campaigning to run for chair twice, traveling to 40 States. Uh, it's just, it's really, really hard. And, and in fact, uh, we have our next LNC meeting in Boston. Uh, the fourth, the the weekend of December fourth, and I'm like, I'm literally weighing my options on not going. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I'm I, I'm so fucking black pilled on these horrendous people that I don't even want to work with the LNC. Plus, I think Boston has vax passports uh, at all their businesses and shit. So it's like, I don't even know if I can get into the fucking hotel. Uh, you know what I mean? So it's like, I'd fly there and then just be stuck outside. And like, I don't, you know, I could go hang out with toad. Cause that's probably where, or, you know, some of my, some of my people out there and, and that'd be cool, you know, but, um, why leave my family and spend 600 bucks if I can't even go and be a part of the LNC meeting that I'm going for, you know? And, um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, I'm kind of, I've kind of coming to this conclusion that I don't even want to be involved in politics anymore. You know what I mean? And it's, yeah. uh, it's a weird thing to. It's a weird thing because I've spent, oh fuck, it's been 13 years I've been working in politics, 14 years I've been working in politics now because I, you know, I worked on the Ron Paul campaign in 2008 uh, and that's really where I cut my teeth and got into politics. Uh, You know, I was kind of, I was jaded on the two party system already prior to that. You know, I'd fought a war, all that shit. We talked about that on my on your show. Mm -hmm. Um, But it it just, it's just such a blackpilling thing. Politics, it's just like, it feels like a futile exercise all the time, dude. Yeah, it, it, and see, I I don't know. It was like around the end of 2019, I was just like, wait a second. Like, this this isn't going to work. I started, you know, I joined, the, I joined the LP in 2017. And I looked at what was going on, and I was just like, Oof. I don't want to be a part of this. What a rough time. It, yeah, and then so I just kind of backed out of it. And, and then in 2018... I started my show and I joined him again. And then I was like, what, why, what, what am I doing? I'm wasting money. I'm wasting time. I'm a truck driver. Sure. And I was over the road at the time. I'm not over the road anymore, but I was over the road at the time. And I was like, I don't have time to do anything with these people. So why am I even joining them? And so again, I just kind of let it go and, and just ignored it. And then 2019, I joined again. And at the end of 2019, I was just like, this is a lost cause. Like, I I just, there's nothing here for me. These people aren't for me. You know, I, I even left the Mises caucus group at one time. Uh, I did, I did rejoin when I, when I first joined, it was probably similar, like close to the time you joined the first time. But see, I was still trying to figure out what libertarianism was. Sure. So I was going into it. I was reading Rothbard, but I was asking questions that were coming from a status kind of point of view. Sure. And and the 
you'll get some backlash people, in there dude yeah, yeah yeah they're like do you realize where you're at and i'm like dude i'm asking questions i'm just trying to figure shit out you know and uh they didn't like that so i just left the group i was like well this is a problem with libertarians you're like we can't have a conversation and instead of like having a conversation with me you just want to like scold me and tell me tell me how stupid i am so i i learned as much as i needed to know to tell them how stupid they were so i rejoined the mises caucus group <laughs> and so <laughs> and i think the i think when i joined the second time you were in the middle of your run for chair either the first or second time depending on yeah. what year it was yeah because yeah. i have my first run i started i really started my first run in 2017 and then oh, okay. and then i ran through 2018 and i i lost to nick's nicholas fucking sick work and then uh and um I got creamed in that election, dude. I mean, I lost, I think I got 23% of the vote or something like that. And he had like right. 60 on the first ballot. You just smoked me. Um, and I got it. Like I'm just a blue collar guy like you dude. You know what I mean? Like there's, that's really what I am. I'm a blue collar working class father of seven. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I and I fucking, yeah. I work my ass off, but I, you know, I saw some, I saw some utility in trying to, to create like a, like a, a strong libertarian party in the country. Cause that's, that's what I think, you know, I think if we're ever going to get out of the two party system, which I hate, you know, and um, obviously I like one party a little bit better than I like the other party. I'm, I'm not so naive to think that um, I'm not so naive to think that both parties are exactly the same. Like a lot of libertarians. Right. Like I know that if I live in a red state, I'm going to be much happier than if I live in a blue state because I have more Liberty. I can homeschool our kids. I, you know what I mean? Now I probably can't like I'm in Iowa. I'm not supposed to smoke pot, right? Like it's illegal to smoke pot here, but I'd rather smoke a legal pot than go to the store and pay, you know, the markup for it anyways, to be honest with you, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and so, so it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, guys, sorry for the, the Sunday night show. I, uh, Tommy and I were going to do, what was it Friday? And then I got my, yeah. uh, my, uh, camera crapped out on me. So I had to take it in and get it worked on. And so, um, we're good now, but, but yeah, it's just, it's, uh, you know, I think I ran the second time I started that run, uh, like at the end of 2018, maybe 2019, I was like, oh, I'm going to do this again. You know, I'd been on the board for two years. I, you know, I had put in some time actually in the national leadership. And then um, I I lost by like 100 votes at the national convention in uh, in Orlando. Uh, but there's some speculation on to uh, as to, you know, if that was a legit election or not. Um, they did half the election on online and half the election in person. And uh, right. if you were there, if you were there, you know, like we had we had the room. I mean, there's no doubt. And, you know, the majority of people were there, uh, and we had the room. It wasn't even close. And that was kind of the beginning of me getting really kind of black pilled on it. I was like, I think these motherfuckers actually stole this election from me, you know, like, and, and, uh, but I didn't, I never pushed it. Like I never really pushed for an audit or any of that kind of shit. I didn't want to be the guy that's like, Oh, you stole the election. You know, I didn't want to be that guy. You know, nobody wants to be that fucking guy. You know what I mean? And so uh, I just kind of let it go. I got my at large seat back and, uh, man, this this LNC body has just devolved into sh- absolute shit. Terrible. Um, what's up, Nate and Dowie? Thanks for the uh, the five dollars super chat. He said I quit listening to Stapleton's podcast and started listening to your show. No ill will to Jason, but I have no time for bitter people. <laughs> Damn, dude, scathing, scathing. So no, that's funny. I you know I I used to be a really big Jason Stapleton fan. In fact, when I first got involved with the party. Um, Jason's probably, Jason's probably one of the reasons why I actually ran for national chairman, uh, in 2017. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and watching him, I mean, he, I, I had never watched anybody just destroy fucking Nicholas Sarwark like I watched Jason's. I mean, it was like awkward and cringe to watch. It was so bad. He destroyed Nick Sarwark on his show so absolutely, utterly, terribly. Um, and this was back when you know Jason was still considered himself a, a liberty, liberty, libertarian politics kind of guy. Um, and he just absolutely tore into Nick and it was like, yeah, you know, this isn't the kind of people that should be leading the party. And so I got involved, but now, you know, he's kind of, he's kind of gotten involved with this post-libertarianist, uh, post, post-libertarian, or I wouldn't call him a Praxian like Andrew and, and Buck and, and, and Pete, but, um, he's kind of, he's kind of that post-libertarian, like fuck all this shit, get wealth, you know, only care about yourself. That's how you're going to make everything better. But I mean. Um, I'm, I'm cool with that. Like, I think that's a good thing, uh, to, to amass your wealth and, and create a better community for yourself and, and, uh, you know, a better life for your family, but you don't got to be a dick to everybody about it. You know what I mean? Like, that's not, that's <laughs> yeah. not, that's not ever going to convince people to do what you want them to do. Uh, you know, and, uh, there was a time in my life when I, when I trolled, uh, online to get people onto my side and it works sometimes, but being a, just an absolute asshole to people isn't going to change their mind. But what's your what's your take on this post libertarian libertarian split, man? What you, I've seen you caught up in a couple of uh, uh, conversations online about it. What what do you see happening? Well, I, my my main thing is with young libertarians. Sure. Like this is this is kind of where where I I kind of like draw my line in the sand is like. If you're if you're 20, 24, 25, 26 years old, what life experience do you have to to go beyond philosophy or theory? You don't have the the ability to tell me what what has worked and what hasn't worked. Um, when it comes to like the like the Reed and Adam Patrick, which I had a show, I did a show with both of them together which turned out well i mean you know like that those types of arguments i think a lot of times what you're running into is people are talking past each other oh yeah yeah absolutely and and they're not understanding what what each other's point is like if if you know adam at all you would know like he's not he doesn't even consider himself a libertarian really true He, he he considers himself an anarch not an anarchist an anarch right so what he's trying to do and it's one of it's one of the messages I put out there is he's trying to make himself immune to government tyranny, right? Right. Well, okay. So one one of the things I say a lot is you can't help take care of others until you take care of yourself. Sure. And like period. And I learned that the hard way. You know, I was I went through a time where I was barely scraping by and barely making bills, and I had people living with me that I was taking care of. You know, I was that that typical Southerner you hear that would give the shirt off his back, True. you know, kind of guy. And so I realized that giving the shirt off my back isn't doing me any good because now, like tomorrow, I'm freezing to death and I don't I can't I don't have the ability to help anybody else. Right. So you have to figure out you have to get to a point where you can help yourself before you can help others. I think what what's happening in a lot of places is we're all in different areas. We're all in different regions. We were, I was having this conversation with Dave Casey the other day. I was like, look, man, you live in Delaware and you know, I know that you're doing everything you can to get shit lined out. Right. But I'm in Texas, man. 
I look at the Libertarian Party in Texas, and there are a bunch of Archie Flowers down here. Yeah, it's pretty, and I it's don't have bad. time. I don't have time to mess with these people. I have family that depends on me. I, I can't be dropping everything and going to Austin or Houston or you know San Antonio for these meetings so I can argue with a bunch of people that don't want to hear my point of view anyway, right? So I think what what we're running into a, in a lot of places is the effects of decentralization, which libertarians advocate, but they don't understand how these different, this, this decentralized locales create different cultural environments for everybody that's involved. Yeah, it really kind right? of depends. Yeah, it really depends on where you live for sure. Right. So they're trying to paint with a broad brush. Right. We got to do this. Well, maybe you have to do that in New Jersey, but. I doubt that's going to work in North Dakota. Right. I doubt it's necessary, you know? And, and so nobody's looking at that aspect of it and, and they want to, they want to preach Rothbard to a bunch of guys that have already read Rothbard. Right. You know, like, it's like, okay, yeah, you're quoting Rothbard. All right. We, we know Rothbard, but what, what we're saying is the Rothbard philosophy is not working in this area for whatever reason it it doesn't take it people don't want to hear it okay so we have to find different strategies so you have like a a thaw bishop who's making headway in florida using the republican party okay why is that bad it is the point it, like adam asks this a lot you know and and so and i talk to adam a lot this is why i'm using him as an example um is the point liberty for more people or power for yourself. Right. And if, if, if the point's power for yourself, then yeah, go ahead and push the libertarian party down everybody's throat. But if the, if the point is liberty for more people, we have to look and we have to strategize as to what that liberty looks like and how to achieve that liberty in different areas. Right. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, and, and you, you know, I, regardless of how you feel about him, I know some people love him, some people hate him, but Adam Kokesh, when he, uh, he talked about localization. He he kind of wrote it, wrote about it, and um, it really makes a lot of sense, dude. Just trying to get uh, you know the government down to the lowest level possible in every area that you can. Um, I mean, really, you know, to to get that done, it's going to take different things all over the country because there are different cultures everywhere. You know what I mean? Right. You, you know, I'm I, I I came to Iowa from from the Bay Area, California, right outside of San Francisco, man. Talk about culture yeah, shock. Yeah, it's a fucking culture shock. It's a, you know, <laughs> with the weather, the people, the food, uh, you know, the things people care about here, the the pace of life. I mean, everything is just so much different. Everything, yeah. absolutely yeah. everything. And it's like, you know, if I had, you know, nobody here wants me to bring my fucking California politics over here. Yeah. You know what I mean? They don't. They don't give a shit. They want to make sure that their, you know, their farms are okay, and you know they can grow corn, and and, uh, and you they're know, the ni- nicest fucking people in the world. The Midwest, nice. Midwest people are literally like angels, man. They are yeah. so sweet. They're absolute sweethearts. I, I don't, I don't know that I've met any like legit assholes, and I've been here almost two years now. I haven't met like, I'm sure they're out there, you know, but I haven't met any. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone I met, nah. people right off the street are just so fucking friendly. Where I'm from in California, man, and I, I tell this, you know, I'm from Oakland, right outside of Oakland. If if you're walking down the street, dude, and people say, hey, 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 they wave at you, 
you fucking take off. Like you don't, you know what I mean? You don't sit there and go, oh, hey, how's it going? Because <laughs> chances are they're going to try to scam you or they're going to rob you. I mean, that's really, yeah. you know what I mean? You don't stop and talk to fucking people on the street. Here it's like you pet every dog. You say hi to everybody who walks by. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 a whole different it's a whole different way of life, man. And and so like if I had brought my California politics, like, Hey, we got to fight this and we got to fight this. And they don't give a shit about the same things that we do there. You know, they would have looked at you like you were crazy. I remember, uh, when, uh, I was, uh, I went, I was doing one of my, uh, training courses went for driving in Indiana. And I went to, <laughs> I went to get dinner the first night and I walk in and I, I'm looking and I'm like, okay, so I'm going to order the chicken fried steak, mashed potatoes and gravy. You know, that's a safe bet pretty much anywhere you are in the country. And they're like, what would you like to drink with that? I was like, I want a sweet tea. And they're like, what the fuck is a sweet tea? I'm sorry. I missed the beginning. Where were you? I was in Indiana. Oh, dude, they don't do sweet tea in Indiana, really? Well, it might have been where I was, but (laughs) but they looked at me like I was crazy. They were like, well... We have brisk in the cooler. I was like, no, I want, I want homebrewed sweet tea. Real sweet like, tea, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm from the south, man. Like, yeah, I got, I, want I got really tea. lucky with that, dude. My, uh, my great grandmother. Uh, you know, I, I have southern and midwestern blood. Uh, you know, even though I grew up in California, my, my great grandmother. Uh, they were from uh, my great grandparents. They were from uh, uh, Oklahoma and uh, and south, and so they always had like big, big ass like jars in the backyard oh sun sun tea brewing the sun tea and then and then two cups of sugar per you know what i mean like absolute like the sweetest sweet tea ever did they they do mint no it was just straight up sun tea and and sugar man my dad my dad used to make his sun tea he would put fresh mint leaves in it oh my god it's so good yeah that'd be really good i do like fresh mint but yeah i mean they were you know they had that that southern sweet tea i mean there was always every thanksgiving and christmas and everything we ever did any kind of family uh anything my grandmother too because she carried it down as a tradition it was just always like very 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 sweet sweet tea man like good right. stuff. that's the good that's the best stuff you know right but some people don't like it and in california it's not a thing like people don't drink sweet they drink unsweetened tea everywhere you go yeah and like yeah. why it's like it, t- it's, it tastes like fucking bitter water <laughs> i mean that's really what it tastes like right yeah i don't know it's crazy it's like might as well just chew coffee grounds yeah no shit so so you're a truck driver <laughs> yeah i'm not over the road anymore i do work local now it, it was a it was a long, long path to get to working local, but sure. I'm doing it. And uh, actually, I'm I'm making more money working local, believe it or not. Um, I've heard that from a few people recently, dude. It's man, they're they're killing us. Yeah. The, the the government regulations and and subsidies for the trucking industry is just destroying the industry, man. Just destroying. They it. want to destroy it because they want to get to the they want to get to the place where they can use automated deliveries man yeah that's what yeah they want. it's 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 shitty well and it worked out for me man i'm not i'm not mad you know um you know my wife moved here from south africa to be with me so oh your wife's from south africa i know i i followed her on twitter for a while but i i didn't know she was from south africa that's pretty cool yes she is from south africa nice. and yeah you followed her on twitter for like a week whenever she first started her twitter account and then she got nuked because she jokingly threatened to take Pete's life because he was 
he was talking shit about Kurt Cobain. So she was like, I will kill you. <laughs> so they nuked her and she, she couldn't get her account back, but she does have a new account now. Um, nice. Yeah. But uh, so yeah. Yeah. She's from South Africa. And so she moved, she moved here and then she was, go- I was gone all the time. And so she was alone. Right. And she's like, I didn't move all the way to fucking America from, I didn't move 9,000 miles to be alone. Right. So it works out for me. Like I'm, I'm perfectly happy with my life, you know, and you know, with these ocean mandates and everything, we've been preparing for years for the possibility that I, I wouldn't, wouldn't be driving. So, so we've been, you know, raising chickens and growing food and expanding her business and doing the things we have to do to get by. So we're, we're pretty much situated to a position to where like, we're almost ready for me to be home full time. That's, that's cool, man. That's a, that's a great way. That's, and that's something that we're trying to do too, you know, trying to get, uh, we're trying to kind of get our, dip our, our toes into everything we can. And, you know, I'm talking about getting my, my insurance sales uh, license so that I, so that I don't have to work for anybody really Uh, talking about doing a real estate license for my fiance and, you know, kind of, kind of building up what we can and trying to, you know, find some other avenues so we don't have to deal with the fucking vaccine shit. And, you know, and, and really it's smart, man. Everyone should, everyone should be trying to do that right now. Everybody, anything you can get into, you should be doing it. It's really like, from what I understand, it's really easy to get your insurance license and you can sell life insurance and you can get hot leads and not even have to like do any cold calling or anything like that. You know what I mean? And you can make a ton Mm -hmm. of money. So, um, it, it really is. It's, you know, there's no better time than to figure out what you really want to do with your life than right now, because. Well, and this yeah. is kind of like part of the post-libertarian thing. Really, if you think about it, True. like if you, if you go back and you read how I found freedom in an unfree world, Harry Brown's telling you to go out and be right. an entrepreneur and make more money. Right. And you go listen to Tom Woods and he advertises Skillshare.com. Right. Right. When Matt Erickson came out and said, stop being poor, everybody freaked out. But that's what he's saying. He's like, just do something for yourself. Like, like figure it out, you know, and, and you're going to have to, you're going to have to start your own covenant communities and you're going to have to do it. Some, some, in some places you might have to be sly about it. You might have to be slick about it. You might, you might be living around a bunch of hippies who are, technically socialists that are growing their own food and raising their own chickens. And you can just start, you know, communicating with them. Don't type talk ideology with them. Just talk about learning how to, yeah, Yeah. trade and growing food and raising chickens and stuff like that. It's not that hard. And, you know, I was lucky. uh, I grew up even, even when we were in Dallas, we were in apartments uh, we lived in government housing for a while when sure. we, when I was real young. Me too. And, and uh, my dad always grew tomatoes. So that was always there. There was always that you can produce your own food. There was, that was always in my mind. And so whenever I bought this property and I moved out here, I built a greenhouse. I got, I built chicken coops. I was like, I just started doing stuff right. because it was like, all right, we got to do something. And uh, when I had Aaron, I had Aaron from Timeline on Earth on the other day. Um, we, I was talking. I was like, dude, I've been paranoid for like the last 15 years. And he's like, you're vindicated. And I'm like, yeah, finally. Hi, kids. Do you like violence? Yes. 
Are you sick to death of pussyfooting around the truth while being constantly fed lies by news and big tech tyrants? If so, then come join me, Dan Smots, on The System Is Down, where we get weird, have fun, and dig into all the dangerous taboo topics like conspiracies, politics, religion, culture, current events, and everything your family just prays you don't bring up around the Thanksgiving dinner table. And I know that reality is scary to some people, so if you're easily offended, just ignore this and go back to making cat memes or whatever. But if you're ready to change the world for the better, come join me on The System Is down at tsidpod.com or wherever you get podcasts. That's tsidpod.com because the system is down and truth is taking over. You know, but the thing is that I started looking long time ago at, and not a not from a prepper position, but just from a survivalist position. My my grandpa always told me like the the best thing you could ever do is be a jack of all trades because you can always have a place to go. You always have a way to survive. And, uh, and I, I just always remembered that he had this guy that he used to, that used to own a dump truck that he would use to haul dirt in for him. But this guy, he would come in and do electrical work. He would come do this, that, and the other. And I just remember my grandpa always talking like this guy's a survivor. He's a survivor. That's the kind of person you want to be because you never know when it's going to go bad. Right. You never know when shit's going to really hit the fan. And so that's kind of when, like my podcast has taken a lot of journeys over the last couple of years. And lately it's, that's all I've been talking about is like, what can you do? Like where, what are we capable of doing on our own to, to figure this out? And it's not talking philosophy. It's not talking theory as fun as that is. I mean, I enjoy it just as much as the next guy, honestly, but like this is a you got to get a sense of urgency about yourself this is bad man (laughs) you know like this is bad that's an understatement they're they're making it to where if you don't have a vaccine passport or you're not willing to pay big pharma weekly to get tested you're basically being forced to subsidize big pharma to get tested this is cronyism at its worst oh sure and and you have to do this to work. How long before you have to do this to bank? How long before you have to do this to shop? How long before you have to do this to, you know, have insurance? Like this is spot, right? Right. So you have to be prepared for the worst. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. It, it sounds obviously I've, i told you I'm, i've been paranoid for 15 years but <laughs> me too buddy. But, me too but at the same time this is reality now this is real life this is right in our face and we're like okay i'm living in a dystopian novel right now what you know right yeah absolutely hey medic knight thanks for the five dollar super chat man he said josh do you and tommy think libertarians can win any congressional seats in 2022 midterm seems like the democrats are super doomed next year i'm gonna be completely honest with you absolutely not we might get better vote totals uh, in some congressional races, but it would be a pipe dream to think that we're going to win any congressional seats in 2022. Unfortunately, it's the the party doesn't have any resources, dude. I mean, this this national party has been running on like one point seven million dollar budget per year for like the last decade. Like there's just is no there's no resources for congressional candidates as a libertarian. There's no uh, resources for for Senate candidates. I mean, you have you, you can go out and run your own race and you can raise your own money, uh, but you won't get any help from the National Party, really. I mean, you might if if there's any 
candidate support fund money at all. It's, you know, few and far between, uh, you know, a couple of candidates that are doing really well may get a $5,000 donation from, from the national party if it's possible. But it's just, it's, it's really, it's really hard as libertarian, uh, national committee to run on what the little resources they have. And then the, the little resources they do have, uh, you know, there's a lot of overhead for employees and staffers and then the ballot access fight just never stops. I mean, it's, you know, we have to fight like in 13 States, we have to go to court like every single two, every two years, uh, to just get an L on the ballot next to your name, man. So, um, no, I don't think we'll win any congressional seats. We may get close and we may, we may have some, some really big, you know, victories as far as the libertarian party is concerned when it comes to, you know, the numbers we put up, but it's going to be, it's still going to be a while, man, till we start taking federal seats. That's why I've been so, uh, so, um, impressed with the Mises caucus over the last several years is because they focus locally and they've gotten mm. wins locally. And that's really where you can make such a huge difference anyways. You know what I mean? You, you think about it. If one libertarian gets elected to Congress, it'll be great. It'd be really cool to have that voice on the, on the congressional floor. Uh, but what are they really going to be able to do, man? You know what I mean? Right. It's they're yeah. just going to get steamrolled. Everything. Quit, they do. Thinking, quit thinking nationally. The yeah. libertarians have to stop thinking nationally. Yeah, you want have to state and local. Yeah. You just had um, what's her name? Uh, Kate Crosby just won uh mayorship yep. there in a little township in Pennsylvania. Yep. Like that's that's big, man. She can do a lot for her little town. Yeah, I went like, on the, I went on her post and just said nullify, nullify, nullify. Exactly, yeah. man. Like this is awesome. Like th- that's a good thing. Like. Stop looking at the national, stop looking nationally, because like if we've learned anything from Michael Bolden, who's one of, I just interviewed him yesterday. He's one of the greatest voices out there. And I mean, so knowledgeable, but if we've learned anything from him, it's that this, the federal government doesn't have the manpower to, to to carry out their dictates on the local level. If the local politicians, if the local politics won't cooperate. So when locally you'll, you'll fucking, you'll nullify the federal government. They they don't mean a damn thing. If you can win locally, you should be focusing all your attention should be local, whatever your area region you're in. That's where all your attention should be. Yeah. And I think, I think we'll get a lot more state wins. Uh, over the next four years, that's that's something that needs to be talked about. We finally started winning some state houses with a, a focused program that we call the Frontier Project, uh, which is great. State legislating mm-hmm. se- legislator seats are huge too because you have an opportunity. You know, we got two of them in in uh, in Wyoming, right? And they've already gotten bills through over there. Yeah, you know what I mean because they're because it's a small state house. They got two libertarian legislators. The Republicans know they have to work with the libertarians now. The Democrats know they have to work with the libertarians now, or they aren't going to get a bunch of their shit passed. So it's it's good to focus uh, locally and state. I think the state is really important too. And I think you know there's a lot of states that we have to run a gubernatorial candidate for governor, or we won't keep ballot access. So that's important. Right. Always always know your ballot access laws if you're if you're interested in politics at all, because every state is different. Um, you know, New York, we we got it with Larry. Sharp and then they lost it two years later because you know the next campaign they needed to do well didn't do well um and so you know now we'll have to put a dump dump a bunch of money into new york just to get an l on the ballot just to lose all our races 
You know what I mean? Right. And so, so really, yeah, the, the local thing, man. And that's, you know, another thing why I think the post libertarians are cool. And, you know, I don't really, you know, it's like we're Praxians, I guess. Andrew says they like to be called Praxians. They don't like post libertarians. They post libertarianism gets, uh, gets, uh, kind of conflated with like, uh, Chris Cantwell and shit. And that's not, that's yeah. not what they're going for. They're not those type of people. So, um, uh, that's why you know I made that comment on my old Twitter where it's like I like the libertarians and the post libertarians, but you know the Praxians. And am I allowed to do that? Because it's like there's just this constant fight. And I'm like I'm like I like both sides, and I think they're both valuable, and I think they both have utility. And and so why are we fighting with everybody? Like shut the fuck up and let us do our job, dude. Well, it's not like it's not like these people. Like I said, they they've read Rothbard. It's not like they're stupid, right? You know. Oh yeah. So. So even Pete's if probably, he's probably them, read more than most libertarians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and it, well, but you, you can learn something from them, right. you know, even if you don't agree with them, you can learn something, right. you know, and I listen to a lot of people. I don't, even, I don't agree with on 98% of the things they talk about, but I learned something from them. Even if it's like how to avoid tyranny, you know, like I learned something Oh, uh, excuse me, about their strategy or something like that. So it's like, you know, like one of the things that really drives me crazy is the the most one of the most important things that that that's happening that the United States government is is associated with is war right. and their their overseas interventionism. I don't think you could talk to anybody in that group that that is being demonized and ask them about war and they would be like, Oh yeah, we should definitely go to war to, to spread democracy. That's not what they're going to tell you. Right. Most of them are just as anti-war as us. Well, that's a very important point to be in agreement on. Let's, let's like make coalitions where we can make coalitions. And, you know, I mean, like I was, I don't know how, how is it that agorists, can slide by questioning the libertarian party the exact same way that this, these post libertarians question what the libertarian party or, or Praxians. free free market anarchist. Yeah. We can call them Praxians. I don't care. You know, but like, how can, how can we all have the same questions? How can we all have the same criticisms yet agorists or free market anarchists slide by yet, these guys, they get hammered. Right. And it's like, okay, so they're talking about different strategies. I mean, really, is anybody going to be really upset if, if Buck Johnson runs as a Republican and, and wins? Right. Well, and the crazy thing about Buck Johnson, Buck Johnson's running for city council in Austin, right? No, in Lockhart. Or it's Lockhart, outside right of, outside of Austin, right? Yeah. That's a, that's a nonpartisan race, dude. Yeah, he's not running as a Republican. He's just he's just running. I mean, it's nonpartisan. You don't even put they don't put a, a, num, a letter next to your name on those ballots. So so it's like it's even it's even less of an argument. You know what I mean? Right, right. But why are we mad at him? Right, like because he's kind of because he's buddy buddy with Tho Bishop and and takes the Tho Bishop approach. Who I'm buddy cares? buddy. I'm buddy buddy with Tho Bishop too. I love that guy. Tho Bishop's. Is- freaking amazing even though every time I, even though every time i talk to tho he's like you're too good for the libertarian party buddy 
Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I know, but you know, I I appreciate it. It's just it's so it's so hard for me to work with the Republicans personally because I worked with the Republicans so much uh, mm-hmm. in in twenty in two thousand and eight and then two thousand and twelve, uh, and I watched what they did to my boy Ron Paul, and uh, I watched how they treat uh, liberty minded individuals. Uh, you know, right. I watched I watched them arrest Ron Paul delegates at the at the Louisiana State Convention. I watched them block them. I watched them change rules at the national convention. Uh, it made it very hard for me to 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 work. I mean, it made it basically 100% impossible for me to work with the GOP in the state it's in. Uh, definitely in the George Bush era, but um, but and and then the you know and then uh, uh, the Mitt Romney era as well. Um, it's the GOP is definitely a little different today than it was then. Um, you yeah. know, I think Trump. I think Trump really kind of shook things up for the GOP, and now there's kind of a. You know, it feels like the the fight that we're having in the Libertarian Party for the soul of the party is what I like to call it. The GOP is kind of having that fight right now, too. Um, and there's a really good chance with with things like y'all and uh, people like Phil Bishop and, and uh, you know, even Austin Peterson and Thomas Massey and Rand Paul. And, you know, there's a good chance that, you know, that the soul of that party gets claimed by liberty-loving Republicans. And I would love to see that happen. I would... And you're- Oh, I was going to, I was just going to add on to what you're saying. Andrew Wilkow, my dad's uh, a big fan of Andrew Wilkow and Andrew Wilkow says that the future of the Republican party is libertarians. Right. And it's like, okay, like you got a person who's engaged in the Republican party, understands the Republican party. He makes million dollars a year, millions of dollars a year to talk in favor of the Republican Party. Right. And he's saying the future of the party is libertarianism. And that'd be great. So, I mean, how could any libertarian be upset about that? You know what I mean? Like, like there's, it's just, so there's two, there's two different, um, there's two different thoughts in the libertarian party, right? There's, mm-hmm. there's the libertarians like me and the Mises, uh, the vast majority of the Mises, um, uh, caucus who believe that liberty is the is the point. Liberty is the important part. Liberty uh, and rolling back the size and scope of the fed, of, of the of this overreaching government is is the important part. And right. then there's another half of the party, and these are the blue pilled libertarians who think that the party is more important. It's right. the party. It has to be the party. Uh, if we don't do it, then it's not going to, it's not worth it. You know, and they, and these people parade themselves around trying to get into the good graces of uh, not just the coastal elite, but the DC elite, you know, the beltway elite. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. they are never going to like you no matter what you do. The DC elite is, if you push for any, any checks and balances on their power, they are never going to like you. They will, however, uh, patronize you sometimes they will however you know let you be their little lap dog sometimes and throw you a bone every once in a while and that's that's been my problem with the republican party and the gop in the past is you know they treat the liberty uh republicans kind of you know kind of like their lap dogs like oh cool look they're oh look Rand paul's making another uh filibuster on the floor that's cute all right buddy good job eight hours but we're still gonna go and pass this giant fucking infrastructure bill we'll catch you later right. you know what i mean and so it was like you know, that, that was what made it really hard for me and then continues to make it hard for me. But if, you know, if the future of the Republican party is libertarian, then fucking beautiful, man. I love it. 
It should be, you know, and, 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 and if you call yourself a conservative, you know, uh, you can't, you can't be a John McCain Republican. That's for sure. You can't be a George Bush Republican. You can't be a Mitt Romney Republican. You need to be a fucking Ron Paul Republican. If you're going to call yourself a conservative or a libertarian or a libertarian, a Liberty Republican, you better goddamn well be a, a Ron Paul Republican then. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah. and so if that's what happens, then hell yeah, dude. I, I'm all for it. I'd love to see it happen. Yeah, I mean, like, how much how much would you give to see, like, one one more Goldwater? You know, oh, like, yeah. you know, like, it's like, okay. I'll settle, I'll settle for a McCarthy. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, let's see. We got five. Uh, Ryan S., thanks for the $5 Super Chat, man. He said, he, I live in a deep blue county. Uh, the grocery is tired of enforcing masks. The mall won't check vax passes. This is all coming to an end. I, I hope so, man. But I, I'm telling you, the coastal elite, I don't know if you're in the, on the coasts, but the coastal elites are the ones that are keeping this uh, going. I mean, we're talking New York, uh, California, Oregon, Washington. These are the states that are keeping it going in this country. And, and you know, the federal government is taking all their cues on how to enforce this on the rest of the country by watching these tyrannical states, man. And I don't see them slowing down at all, man, at all. Yeah. Where's, where's the money? Right. I mean, that, that's another thing. Who's where, who, who are the big money backers behind that? That's something you also have to look at. Sure. You know, I don't know if these people are going to give up their paychecks. Yeah. So you have to make it, you have to make it cost them money to to get them to to lift this stuff and they're not going to just lift it i mean you can you can go around and talk to your average normie and realize the propaganda has sunk in to these people oh big time to, dude. to the majority of them yeah like i live in a very small town i work for a family-owned corporation that only operates mainly in Texas. It, sure. They they do have some places otherwise, but not many stores outside of Texas. And they've bought in. One of the guys I work with is uh, all he does. He's a he's a pastor on Sundays. He's a Baptist preacher on Sundays, and he he works he works with me during the week, and. He's all he does is complain about Biden and Democrats and this, that, and the other. The guy has no desire to put up any resistance whatsoever. True. None, none whatsoever. And it's like, okay, like, so if you're, if you're depending on the resistance of Republicans to save you, look how impotent the Republican party has been for the last hundred through years. the whole thing, dude, just through, especially well, I mean, and really through this COVID thing too. I mean, you've got some decent Republicans that have done well in some States. I think Christy Nome did pretty well uh, when it came to COVID. I think uh, Ron DeSantis has done pretty well when it comes to COVID. I think my own governor here in Iowa, uh, uh, Kim Reynolds has done some decent things. She definitely needed to have some more teeth and, and bite harder. And we're kind of feeling the effects of her not going hard enough. Um, but, uh, you know, I get it too. Like my boss at work, uh, God bless him. He's a great guy. He's a good friend of mine. He just took off. He just left after being there for a long time. But uh, he ra- he rallied against this shit and railed against this shit for the whole two years I worked there. 
I mean, really just went to town and was like, you know, we're never going to take the shit. We can do whatever we want. Nobody's going to tell us how, what to put in our bodies. And then he fucking, and then he, you know, they came out with this, this mandate and our business, our company started telling people you had till December 8th and he came in and he's like, Oh, I got my first shot yesterday. I just figured I'd let you know. What the fuck, dude? You were like our, you were like our, our barrier, bro. You were the one, you were the one that was like standing up for us and you just went and did that. Like that's after two years of rallying against this shit. What kind of fucking bullshit is that? That's, you know, still love the guy. Great guy. But man, dude, you really fucked fucked us over. It's a brain worm, man. Yeah. It's a brain worm. Like they believe, they believe that w- when it, once the federal government says it's mandated, that the federal government can enforce it. Right. They're not. They're not. They don't. These are normies. Like they right. don't keep up with stuff the way you do, you and I do. We. They don't. They don't realize the DEA can't enforce drug laws. They don't. They don't realize that the ATF can't enforce gun laws. They don't. That that they require the local in law enforcement to work with them. Right. And it's the same thing. Uh, Michael Bolden uh, re- wrote a blog post about um, Florida uh, abandoning OSHA. Right. And in one of the, at the, the very, Fucking at the very beautiful. end, at the very end of the, of the article, he writes that, Hey, look, understand they only have like 800 enforcement, uh, Agents, they OSHA has admitted it would take them 160 years to investigate every business that they over oversee one time. Jeez. 160 years, like they can't enforce this no. if they don't have the local law enforcement on their side. Right. But we have so many Karens in our society willing to snitch brown shirts, and you know, absolute brown shirts. Yeah. Uh, Medic Knight, thanks for the ten dollars super chat, man. Really, really cool of you. I appreciate it. Uh, he says, Josh, why don't why won't Thomas Massey and Rand Paul just switch to the Libertarian Party? The Republicans aren't a fit for them. The Republicans are just controlled opposition. And man, I'd love to see that too. You know what I mean? Either way, I, look, I don't give a shit, and I, and that's why. Okay, so this is this is why um, you know I kind of get some shit in the party, but I don't give a fuck about the party, dude. Like, like, you know, I understand that I'm in a position where I have to care about like the day-to-day operations of the party, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, I only joined this fucking party because I want to see more liberty in my lifetime. And that's a totally cliche phrase. I get that. It's totally a blue pill thing to say, but I do. I want to see more liberty in my, my lifetime. I want to see more liberty for my children. I want to see more liberty for my grandchildren because I am a fucking grandpa at 38 years old. Thanks, kid. I appreciate it. Yeah, um, I know. I feel you. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, and so <laughs> and so, uh, you know, that's that's really what's important to me. So, you know, yeah, it'd be great if if Thomas and and uh, you know Rand Paul and and even you know some Senator Mike Lee and just some of these other people that you know are liberty uh, forward or oriented. I would love to see him switch over to the Libertarian Party. Hell yeah, dude, that'd be great. When Amash came over, I'm not even the biggest Justin Amash fan, but when Amash flipped. You know, in his last couple of days in Congress, I was like, "Hell yeah, that's cool, man! We got we got a a, a, a congressman that's a libertarian now. It was the first gold seat in Congress, and and yeah, he flipped there. He didn't win as a libertarian. He didn't rerun as a libertarian. He'll probably run against Dave for president in 2024. I'm sure that's what they're planning, and he's going to be the Prague darling. Um, but I, it felt good. It felt really good to see a congressman give some notice to the Libertarian Party, and especially one like him who." had a picture of Rothbard in his office, 
you know yeah well, he would be like the best prag they ever run oh, i do think yeah it wouldn't even be close i mean <laughs> come on seriously dude over he, he's he's t- uh, 10 times better than gary johnson probably yeah. a thousand times better than bill weld you know um so it yeah it would be pretty it would be pretty great but you know i, I at this point dude working in the libertarian party for the last you know four or five years it's not any better dude it's really not you know we have our own controlled opposition in the party legit yeah. i'm telling you there's people that are that are there to create chaos i've seen it with my mm-hmm. own eyes they are not there to be libertarians or or move the party forward they're there only uh whether they're from an alphabet agency or they're from one of the other parties i've seen people in our party that were sent there to make it harder for us to succeed i know 100 I, be- I believe i believe it uh, i i honestly believe it i mean uh, it's it's they i mean they infiltrate the smallest freaking protests what makes you think they're not going to infiltrate the third largest party in the united states right and i've seen it i've seen it with my own eyes i i, I probably could name some on this podcast oh, yeah. and people would be like yeah that makes sense that makes a lot of fucking sense that's all that's all these, some of these people do it's just it's like look if all you're doing is creating co- like like chaos in the party that you say that you want to help and support probably there's a reason for that yeah. you know even if you run your way all the way up to chairman of the organization there's probably some reason for that. And your buddy Scott from the Libertarian Institute doesn't like when I say that, but Nicholas Sarwark's a fed, man. There's no doubt in my mind whatsoever. Oh, Scott, yeah. Scott hates Scott. when I say that. He's like, you don't even have any proof. Why would you say that? And I'm like, because, dude, I worked with the guy for four years. I could see it. I yeah. saw it. I could I could do a whole essay about it. Yeah, I, I've never talked to Scott about about Nick Sarwark. He got real mad at me on my show once. <laughs> one, of the, one of the three times Scott's been on my show, he got really upset. And I was like, dude, I listen, man, I love you to death, but bro, I worked with him for four years. Like I watched how that man moves and he moves like a fed. He moves like a fed. Yeah. Everything he does. I, I don't doubt it. I, I, I've never doubted it. I, I've heard it said quite a few times and I'm just like, okay. Yeah. And like, Okay, it makes sense. Like I don't, and this is why this is, but this is also part of why I I I think one thing libertarians are missing, and and Pete and I talked about this on my show a while back. Um, we did a we did a podcast, and we titled it "Return to Tradition," right? Oh, and and what one of the big things we talked about was the culture that libertarians kind of uh, avoid that maybe they need to readopt is the, is bringing back the extended family. Right. And, and how that, that camaraderie having that, that cohesion within the family that will make a big difference in your life. If you are surrounded, if you're, if you're a little community, whether it's, five, 10, 15 people that you most closely associate with and work with on a day in day out basis are family, as opposed to people that you just met five months ago. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Well, Tommy, we're getting to the end of the, uh, of the, uh, the public stream. We'll do a members only stream here for, you know, in a, in a minute when we get this closed down, but what do you got coming up next, man? Um, well, next week we will have, uh, Andrew from popular Liberty, uh, we talk about um, the genesis and evolution of the left and government all together. And then uh, Thad Russell, we talked about ESG, cronyism, corporatism, 
Um, Michael Bolden's coming up the, the week after that, where we talked about all kinds of nullification ideas and just bringing the fight to the left. And um, I just recorded an episode with um, a Twitter follower that goes by Uncle Ted. So, oh, yeah, I know Uncle Ted. Yep. So we just recorded that right before the stream, this stream. So, yeah, that's all coming up on year zero here in the next couple of weeks. Nice, man. Well, I appreciate you. Where can, where can people find you, follow you, support you, listen to you, all that great stuff? libertarianinstitute.org forward slash year dash zero forward slash. Make sure you put that second forward slash at the end there. Um, Harley, Harley did something with the link and you got to have that second one there. It's not gonna go, you're not going to find me, but yeah, go to libertarian Institute, go to podcast. You can find year zero or you can go libertarianinstitute.org forward slash year dash zero forward slash. And you will find me. Awesome, man. Well, I'm a, you know, I'm a big fan and I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much for coming on. If you could just give me five minutes, close it out. I'll, uh, I'll just get the members only stream started. Will do, man. All right, brother. Oh, wrong way. There we go. All right, guys. Uh, Tommy's so cool, man. Go follow him. Go check out, check out his podcast. Of course, go to libertarianinstitute.org, man. Cause, uh, why wouldn't she be over there? Uh, it's a great place to be and you can find great people like Tommy and Pete Quinones and, even Scott Horton, you know, so uh, definitely a good place to be. Matt, what's up, man? Thanks for the $10 super chat, brother. Yo, what is the likelihood of DeSantis Paul? Malice for press. Uh, DeSantis listens to Dave, Angela, Amash for speaker. LP people, solid rejection of technocratic cult and communist subversion. Yuri was right. You're, first, well, I'll, I'll, I'll address the last part of that first. Yuri was absolutely right. If you don't, uh, if you don't listen to Yuri Bezmanov, you should definitely do that right away and listen to everything he ever talked about in America uh, because it's happening. It's been happening. And now you can see the uh, fruits of the communist labor um, coming to life. And that's what we're dealing with every day. So, um, a likelihood of a DeSantis Paul ticket. I don't know, man. I don't think it's that likely. I really don't. I don't know. Um, I think, I think Trump's going to try and come back and run and fuck it all up for DeSantis, uh, ticket, to be honest with you. I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, but I, I honestly think that Trump could win in 2024 too, uh, with how bad the Democrats are doing. So I don't know, man, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, guys, go check out my sponsors if you can. Uh, TopLobster.com, the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend and partner on Break Cycle, where you can get this great Epstein didn't kill himself hoodie that you see me wearing today uh, by using BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. Or you can join the Patreon, subscribe, star, become a member of the YouTube channel under all of my videos, uh, where you can get into a private Discord server with a lot of really cool people, man, honestly. Um, and uh, get all of Top Lobster's new gear up to two weeks early at a 30% discount. So it really pay for itself if you're... Uh, you know, if you're getting one of the lower uh, tiered Patreon subscribers or on YouTube. Um, and if you do join the YouTube channel membership, uh, please email me at joshua.breakthecycle. Or at, sorry, joshua.breakthecycle at gmail.com. And let me know so that I can get you into the uh, the Discord server. Um, that way, you know, if, if my Twitter ever goes down again or something, uh, since they took my, my Twitter from me, um, thankfully I had the backup, but if it ever goes down again and I can't get it back, I have a place to talk with you guys still. And, you know, we're working on the website and we got the email list out now too. So you can sign up for that. It's going to have a free book for you guys soon. Uh, I'm going to be working on an ebook after that as well. So you guys will get some free ebooks. 
um, and all that great stuff. Plus, you get updates at least once a week about shows and all that good stuff. And um, Julia is the one doing a lot of that, my fiance. She's very, very smart when it comes to that stuff. So if you guys can sign up for that, I would be stoked. And, of course, go check out our executive producers, AnthemPlanning.com, for all your emergency and crisis planning needs. Check them out today. See what they can do for your business, home, or personal life. They're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at much cheaper and much more efficiently. Seriously, if you own a business, go check them out right now, right when the show ends. Uh, guys, I don't got the schedule together for next week. Uh, I have obviously been um, slacking in my duties as podcast host uh, over the last couple of weeks, ever since we went to Disney and then the COVID and um, you know the family stuff. And so I'm really trying to get back into the swing of things. Uh, and I promise you soon the show will be hitting on all cylinders again. Uh, the members-only stuff, the Patreon will be all updated by uh, the end of tomorrow. So all of the members-only streams will be up over there. Um, so if you guys want to support the show, support my family, I appreciate you guys. I really do. It makes, uh, it makes everybody here, uh, have a much easier day. So thank you. Um, and if you guys want to come and check out the after show with Tommy, uh, sign up on the, uh, uh, YouTube under all my videos by hitting join and you guys will be right there. Uh, I will see you for tomorrow's show. Uh, if I don't have a guest, I'll do a solo show tomorrow. Um, but until then, don't forget to break cycle. to explain the lyrics of my last song may seem to contain a violent call to action in the verse and the frame but i just meant it in minecraft the helicopter part was in reference to gta 5 and the things you do so any violence you commit i am not an excuse because i just meant it in minecraft what chipper is my friend and he's constantly cold accusations of incitement getting totally old Make your own choices, yeah, you have control Because I just landed in Minecraft Obviously I would never advocate force Unless it's due process and a trial, of course And if you're convicted, we will make you a course In Minecraft, just in Minecraft There's nothing I mean, you know it No product in this case, it's close to COVID Holy shit, I think I'm poet